Turn with me, please, to the book of Daniel. Daniel, please, chapter 5. Daniel, chapter 5. Beginning reading at verse 1. Daniel 5 and verse 1. Belshazzar the king made a great feast to a thousand of his lords and drank wine before the thousand. Belshazzar, whilst he tasted the wine, commanded to bring the golden and silver vessels which his father Nebuchadnezzar had taken out of the temple which was in Jerusalem, that the king and the princes, his wives and his concubines might drink therein. Then they brought the golden vessels that were taken out of the temple of the house of God, which was at Jerusalem, and the king and his princes and wives and his concubines drank in them. They drank wine and praised the gods of gold and of silver, of brass, of iron, of wood, and of stone. In the same hour came forth fingers of a man's hand, a note over against a candlestick upon the plaster of the wall of the king's palace. And the king saw the part of the hand that wrote, Then the king's countenance was changed, and his thoughts troubled him, so that the joints of his loins were loosed, and his knees smote one against the other. Let us pray. Father, we thank you for so many coming out in the dark and dreary night. Lord, we thank you for their faithfulness, and we thank you, Father, also for their their passion and will and want that you have given to them to come to this place, Lord, to remember you, to worship you, and to hear your word. Father, we pray tonight that you would speak to our hearts, and even as it's been said and prayed and sung tonight, Lord, would you save souls tonight, whether it's here in the drive-in or maybe someone watching later, to glorify your name, Lord, return that wandering sheep that Billy sang about, and restore the backslider, Father, we pray. Glorify your Son, and help me, Lord, now to... Uh, rightly divide the word of truth and to speak well of your son to glorify your name for jesus sake i pray and his name's sake i ask it amen belshazzar is the last king of babylon little did he know that there was a prophecy about to be fulfilled which it says his father nebuchadnezzar but it could well be his actual grandfather they didn't label it Uh, always father, grandfather. But nevertheless, it says his father or grandfather, Nebuchadnezzar, had a dream in Daniel 2. And his grandfather was told that the dream was of a, a man with a head of gold. And Daniel interpreted the dream. And he said to Nebuchadnezzar, Thou art this head of gold. In other words, you and your kingdom, the Babylonian kingdom, Thou art this head of gold. Then in the same dream there was a head, a man's head of gold, then his arms and his chest of silver. And he was told there shall come another kingdom that will take over in time, over the head of gold, over the kingdom of Babylon. And the two arms would represent two kings who would confederately come together of the Medes and the Persians. Cyrus and Darius. And these two kings would overtake uh, 
the Babylonian Empire. And this night in Daniel chapter 5 is the night when that would happen. Belshazzar didn't realize it was going to happen. Belshazzar didn't realize that this was a night of danger for him, for his kingdom, for his family, and for his soul. Belshazzar had a feast. And really what it was, it was a drunken orgy, a party of living it up. And not only was it bad enough that he would have this in the face of God, but rather he had it and he brought the, the precious articles of the, some of the vessels out of the, uh, the temple in Jerusalem that were set aside and they were what was known as Haggaios. They were holy or set apart for the use of Jehovah. Yahweh Almighty God and for his use alone. For worship in the temple. And as they had destroyed the temple. And now brought the house of Judah or the Jews. Into Babylonian captivity. Belshazzar decides to really go for it. To really let his passions. To really let his so called gods. Show that they were to him the true so called gods. And they would take those vessels from the house of the God of the Hebrews of Israel and that they would use them for his own pleasures and vain glory. Here he takes them and they're drunk and in their drunkenness they don't realize what is about to happen. We are told in verse 5 in the same hour when they started to revel it up and have this wild party using the holy things of God, in the same hour came forth fingers of a man's hand and wrote over against the candlestick upon the plaster of the wall of the king's palace. And the king saw the part of the hand that wrote. Suddenly, in the same hour is the word used here in verse 5. In other words, in the same hour, what Nebuchadnezzar's grandson Belshazzar did not realize was for him and for Babylon, his kingdom, the writing was on the wall. The writing was on the wall. This finger, like the finger of a man's hand, appears out of nowhere and starts to write upon the wall. My Belshazzar, he didn't realize what this writing meant because it was of a language that needed deciphered. It needed an interpretation. Here it was, a writing none could understand. And so hence they sent for Daniel. He had heard of this man who interpreted the very dreams of Nebuchadnezzar. And so they sent for Daniel. But notice this man, Belshazzar, Using the things of God, the vessels of God, he didn't realize he was playing with the things that are holy and precious to God. And I want to say, is there someone tonight here and you have been playing rough and dreaded? You've been playing dangerously with the things of God. You have been, as it were, turning away from the calling of God. Maybe you have been in a place where you've laughed, made fun and joked, and as it were, 
spat into heaven toward God, shook your fist at God, and you've played with the things. And also, Christian, be aware, because you're a Christian, you cannot play with the precious things of God. Be aware and be careful, because God will not allow these things to carry on. Belshazzar found out this night, as it were, he spat against heaven. He spat against the God of heaven. One old Puritan once said that he who spits against heaven will find he always gets his own back upon his own face. In other words, like spitting in the air, it falls back on the face. And such it is with every man and every woman. It may take longer to fall upon their face. But every man and woman who spits against heaven will find that it will always return back to fall on their own face, whether in this life or whether in the next when they stand before God. Verse 5 says, In the same hour, here very quickly, little did he know that the Babylonians were finished and the Medes and the Persians that night, that night, that very night, they would lose their kingdom and the Medes and the Persians would come into Babylon and they would take over their city. God had said it. God had prophesied it. And God was about to perform it. Yes, he even used the ungodly to show a timepiece in the earth that men and women could be ready. You know, God is still using, as it were, time, peace, signs and wonders in the earth today that you might be ready. You might be ready for the great takeover of this world system, the great takeover of the kingdom of men because it's the coming of the Lord Jesus Christ. And when he comes, here he comes to rule and to reign in righteousness. Friend, are you ready? For God has set the signs all around us, surely when we see what's happening in our news, surely when we hear of the violence, surely when we know and we read on social media and there's nothing but man's inhumanity to fellow man, we see of the hatred and we see of the things that are happening and the, the riots and the, the very world is groaning, the earth is in travail. And we know that these are the signs that we're looking for. That even the very earth itself with the weather patterns and with the, the volcanoes and with the, uh, the eruptions and the earthquakes. And when we look at the tsunamis and the tidal waves and we see the, the viruses and the germs and the disease and the things that are happening in our lands and in our nation and to our people, we can surely say that the Lord is on His way. That we know that Christ is even at the door. In the same hour and the same night, notice the same hour, the finger came and wrote words that could not be read or understood. And friend, God has given His word and there are many who cannot even simply decipher and know the signs of the times in which they're living. And they cannot understand by lifting the word of God. 
And it just seems like a foreign book from a foreign land about a foreign God. And so they just deny that he ever exists. And they live it up. And they live in their pleasure. And they live in their sin. And they live in all the manner of wickedness. But I can tell you, friend, Christ is coming again. And he will break the skies. And they will roll back like a scroll. And he will come. And he will gather together his elect. And we will be changed in the moment. In the twinkling of an eye. And then we will rule and reign with him on his return. Friend, I'll tell you, this same hour, the same hour when they thought it not. Think of our brother Billy singing two wonderful pieces there, and he happened to mention, we didn't know he was going to mention this, and about these songs that meant something to him. And in those years, 1982, Billy, when there was an IRA bomb under his car, blew up the pieces. The car, there was nothing left of it. Well, thank God it wasn't Billy's hour. And thank God it wasn't Billy's night. Thank the Lord that he preserved him with his grace and his goodness. And he saved his soul. And now Billy is able to testify of the goodness of God. And he's able to stand and sing the gospel and song so wonderfully and play the instruments and worship the God that has rescued him and delivered him and saved him from the wickedness of man's hands. Oh, brothers and sisters, our God is a good God. He's a great God. And he's a jealous God for his own. Here in the same hour, this writing with the fingers of a man's hand is on the wall. Here, the writing is on the wall. Billy, I thank the Lord for you, brother, that the writing was not on the wall for you in 1982. Thank the Lord many a night in my own experience. My own experience when I should have maybe been dead, that the writing was not on the wall for me. That the Lord preserved me and preserved the men and, and the lady in the stage and preserved many in this car park. He preserved us for his goodness and in his grace. And his mercy there was great and grace was free. Pardon there was multiplied to me. There my burdened soul found liberty at Calvary. Hallelujah. Well, thank him for the death of his son, the blood that he shed, and the finished work of the cross of our Lord Jesus Christ. Here this night, this man this man was fearful. It says in verse 6, Then the king's countenance was changed, and his thoughts troubled him, so that the joints of his loins were loosed, and his knees smote one against another. Ah, oh, he was big. He was bold. He was brave. Yes, Belshazzar was big. He was bold and he was brave until he realized the writing was on the wall. Until he realized in the same hour and in that same night his kingdom would be gone and he would come under the wrath and judgment of the living God. Of the living God. His gods couldn't save him. His idols 
couldn't save him. His statute couldn't save him. His religious practice couldn't save him. Oh, this man, Belshazzar, know what his name means. Bel, protect the king. That's what his name means. Bel is from Belshazzar or Beelzebub. Bel, protect the king. And his, his so-called God, Bel, couldn't protect the king of Babylon that night. But rather, when he came and before the writing that was on the wall, he realized there is a God in heaven. And his grandfather, Nebuchadnezzar, found this out to his peril. Whenever he went mad and ate grass like a, a cow and his hair grew like feathers and matted for seven years, he realized there's a God in heaven that revealeth secrets, friend. And that's what they say. There's a God in heaven that revealeth secrets. In other words, God knows the secret of your heart. God knows the secret inner man. And God knows the secret inner woman. God knows the secret mind. God knows the secret things that only you know and him. Only you know and him. He is the God in heaven that revealeth secrets. Friend, in the same hour came forth that writing. In the same chapter, if you would like to uh, run down the chapter with me. And if you let your eye uh, run down to verse 23, verse 22, listen to what it says. Daniel has come to interpret the dream. I pardon me, the writing on the wall. It says, And now his son, O Belshazzar, hast not, notice the term, humbled thine heart. Humble thine heart, though thou knewest all of this. You see, if I had a pound coin for every man or woman that I have visited, whether it be at home or hospital, or wherever it's in the church, wherever it may be, and spoken to, to witness to, and they say to me, I know it all, I know it all, I've heard it all, I've learned it all. If I knew and had a pound for every one that I knew, friend, I tell you, I'd be a lot much better off than I am today. Many would come and say, I know it. Can I know it? I've heard it all. I went to Sunday school and I went to this organization and I went to my church and I, I grew up with, with hearing it all the time. I grew up in Christian homes and so on and so on. I can tell you, friend, you can know it all and not know Christ. Yet if you know it all and you don't know Christ, if you die without Christ, then you'll find yourself in an eternity without Christ. Notice here, he says, you humbled not your heart. This reminds me of, this reminds me of Pharaoh of Egypt. When Israel were in that, uh, that country as bond servants and slaves. Reminds me of how the plagues were sent and Moses went to Israel and God sent them. And there were nine plagues that had went at this point. And in, in Exodus chapter 10, in three different places, it speaks of but the Lord hardened Pharaoh's heart. Notice it wasn't Pharaoh hardened his heart. It was the Lord. And I'll tell you why. Because every other time he says, tell your people they can go. And then he hardened his own heart by the time he had changed his mind. He changed his mind. And as quick as he had made his mind up, he had nine chances 
threw out nine plagues. And now the tenth would come, which would be the death angel to go through Egypt, friend. And the Lord says, this night, notice, this night, Pharaoh had heard it all before. And sure, God's put up with me this length of time. God's put up with me for nine plagues. God's put up with me for nine seasons. God's put up with me for nine periods of time. And sure, I've, I've, I've tried it and he hasn't done any more. And he's always lifted the plague. And, but this plague could not be lifted for it was the death of the firstborn. And once this plague came through, there's no turning back and there's no getting back of that which was lost. And notice this. Pharaoh always hardened his heart. And in Exodus chapter 10, it says, And the Lord hardened Pharaoh's heart. He didn't know that it was that night the Lord was passing through Egypt, passing through. And he says, Put the blood on the door, post the door lintels. I'll pass through Egypt this night. Notice the writing was on the wall for Pharaoh and for the Egyptians. He says, and when I see the blood, the Lord said, when I see the blood, I will pass over you. Friend, the only way you can escape the wrath of God is by the application and the trusting in the blood of the Lord Jesus Christ, the Lamb of God. For he'll say on that day, I see the blood, not your works, not whether you're a Protestant, Catholic, or whatever, whoever you are, but when I see the blood, I will pass over you. I trust tonight there isn't a man or a woman who are here or will listen or watch, and, and they're here tonight, and they're saying, you know what, I've heard it all, and you've had, as it were, your nine plagues where you say, I'm nearly there, God, and then you retract yourself. And uh, uh, this night, God, and then you do not pay that vow you vowed to him, but you deferred to pay it. I trust that the writing isn't on the wall for you tonight, friend. I trust the writing isn't on the wall for you that you'd go home. And this night, this night, and you know it not, that this would be the last night that God would afford you to have breath in your lungs and you'd die without Christ. Oh, friend, if you can hear his voice, harden not your heart. Harden not your heart, but receive Christ. Receive him as your Lord and your Savior. And so in Daniel chapter 5, it says in verse 23, But thou hast lifted up thyself against the Lord of heaven. Notice the heart of this man, Belshazzar. Lifted his heart up against the Lord of heaven. Didn't humble his heart, but he lifted his heart up. Shaking his fist at heaven, spitting up the heavens. And they have brought the vessels of this house before thee, and thou, and thy lords, and thy wives, and thy concubines have drunk wine in them. And thou hast praised the gods of, gold, of silver, and of gold, of brass, of iron, of wood, of stone, which see not, nor hear, nor know. And the God in whose hand is thy breath. Notice this. Here he saying to him, You have praised this thing, You've given your life to that thing. You've worshipped. Listen, friends, you might not be bound down to idols of stone and wood and so on, which have hands that can't handle and ears that can't hear and mouths that can't speak. You might be 
placing a God on your heart or in your life that, uh, that it's something else. It could be a, a sport. It could be even your work. It could be something else, friend. It could be yourself. And friend, I can tell you, it has taken the place of Christ who should be in the heart. And the poet said, the greatest idol I have known Whatever that idol be, help me to tear it from thy throne and worship only thee. Friend, tonight, do not be like this man Belshazzar, for the writing was on the wall for him. Pharaoh in Egypt, the writing was on the wall, and that night they knew not. Notice what it says. The God in whose hand thy breath is, and whose are all thy ways, thou hast not glorified. You've given everything you have to every other God that you have placed in your heart and mind rather than the God who has afforded your breath in your lungs, rather than the God who knows all your ways and has kept you this far. And he says, tonight the writing is on the wall. And so any wonder this man was afraid. And here is the interpretation of the unreadable script upon the plaster of the king's wall, written by the fingers of a man's hand. Verse 24. Then was the part of the hand sent from him, and this writing was written. And this is the writing that was written. Meaning, meaning, tikel yafarsin. This is the interpretation of the thing. Meaning, God hath numbered thy kingdom and finished it. Tikel, thou art Weighed in the balances and art found wanting. Perez, uh, thy kingdom is divided and given to the Medes and the Persians. Notice, given to the Medes and the Persians. Makes me think of Luke chapter 12, when there was a man who had a great harvest. He brought down all the harvest and he packed it into his barns and he had to build bigger. God had blessed him with so much, but God was not in his thoughts. God was not in his mind and God was nowhere in his vocabulary. For he looked at it all and he said, looking at the great harvest, I will say unto my soul, So, take thine ease. Thou hast much goods laid up for many years. Take thine ease. Eat, drink, and be merry. That's what he said. Like Belshazzar. Like Pharaoh. Little did he know that the writing was on the wall for him. Little did he know that it was that night, it was this night, that God would take the dealing with him. Take thine ease, eat, drink, and be merry. And it says, But God said unto him, Thy fool, notice, this night thy soul shall be required of thee. And friend, I trust. I trust you get right with God. Get right with God, for you know not the minute, you know not the hour, you know not the night. You know not the day, you know not the time. When the writing is on the wall, it's unintelligible. We don't know what it says. We don't know when it is. But one thing we know, should Jesus tarry 100% out of 100 here, we'll all go to the grave. That's whether we go with our shepherd that Billy sang about, the great shepherd of the sheep holding our hands, 
And so whether we're able to say like David said, Yea, though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I will fear no evil, for thou art with me. Thy rod and thy staff, they comfort me. Or whether we go through it and end up in a devil's hell. In a devil's hell. I finish with this, friends. Verse 29, Then commanded Belshazzar, and they clothed Daniel with scarlet and put a chain of gold about his neck and made a proclamation concerning him that he should be the third ruler in the kingdom. Notice verse 30. In that night, first of all, in verse 5, when the handwriting was on the wall, it said in the same hour. Verse 30 says, verse 5 says the same hour. And verse 30 says, in that night was Belshazzar the king of the Chaldeans slain. And Darius the Median took the kingdom, being threescore and two years. Notice, he takes Daniel and he puts a chain of gold on him and some nice clothes on him. He's trying to make it better. Friend, it was too late. He's trying to make up for things. It's too late. It's too late saying, you know, well, when I'm about to die, I'll maybe put the chain of gold on Daniel and I'll maybe put the clothes upon him and I'll maybe try and pamper my way in there and I'll make sure I'm all right. Look what I did when I worked in the church and look at the alms and the deeds and the money I gave to the offerings or whatever it may be, friend. It matters not a row of beans. Daniel couldn't save Belshazzar and his kingdom. He was just the mouthpiece of God. And friend, we can't save you. I'm just the mouthpiece coming to preach the gospel of our Lord Jesus Christ tonight. But I can point you to one who can't save you. And tonight, friend, if you're not saved, if you're away from God and you know you're not right, Again, we'll stand at the corner. If you come and say to me, I need to speak to you about my soul, then, friend, we'll be glad to speak to you and point you to the Savior tonight. I trust the writing is not on the wall for you. It's not this hour. Think of the fear of Belshazzar. What must it be like to stand before him in that day? Before Almighty God and his fullness, Before Almighty God as the judge, what would it be like? I won't know because I'm saved. And I'm blood-washed, I'm blood-bought. But I know one thing, it would be a terrifying thing to stand before Christ, to give an account that day. I trust, friend, you'll come to saving knowledge in Jesus tonight, trusting in the blood of the Lamb. May God bless us tonight.